Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fire Pit with Caleb and Evan. Sorry we missed you all last week. Crazy things happened. I ended up being what we thought could have been an exposure to COVID, so I was quarantined. Always fun. And, uh, it was not fun. It was not fun. I don't like being stuck at home. And I had the office all to myself. And really, you think that would be okay, but it was just quiet. It was not very fun. Are you, are you saying that I'm loud, Evan? I, I'm saying that I missed you, Oh, <laughs> man. But anyway, we finished Stretch Week 4, which was all about how we can continue to grow and stretch our faith even through our failures. That's what we talked about. It was a great week. Right. It lessons. was a good week of lessons for us. Yeah. And unfortunately, we're going to skip over it for the podcast. If you do want to learn more about it, though, or listen to what I taught the middle school, it is online. You can look it up on the Aldersgate Facebook page, and that way you can still kind of get the recap of that if you missed it. Mm -hmm. But for today, we are already moving into our new series for October, which is called True Story. And it's an exciting one. And the big idea from this week is that because of who God is, we can trust how God has made us. It's a good big idea. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it lays a lot of foundation for the rest of True Story, which is about who God is and who we are. God's identity and our identity. It's so important to not just know who God is, but know how God sees us. Because really, that's where our identity comes from, is in who God is and how he created us to live and be. Right, right. So, yeah, I'm excited to go through this month. It's yeah, good. me too. Especially in a month where we focus on people masking their identity mm. and hiding and being in a costume of someone that they're not. I think it's important that we really take a look at what is our identity because of Christ yeah, and because of God. And what is God's identity? So Definitely. I think it's going to be really cool, and I like the juxtaposition there. Yeah, I also just wanted to use a big word. I mean, juxtaposition is a fantastic word to yep. use. Yep. But, Evan, I have a question for you. Okay. Would you rather sta stand out or blend in? I think I'd rather blend in. I, really? I, I, do, I don't mind standing out. But when it comes to it, and if you look at the things that I enjoy doing, I'm more of a blend-in kind of guy. I play the bass guitar, right? I'm not in the front. Yeah, I'm no kind one of, notices the bass. No, well, they notice it if it's not there. Yeah, that's true. True. But when it is there, it does kind of blend into the background, you know? And I I, I like playing sports and stuff, but I've never been the, the man of the team. I've always been more of a support role. I'm happy just getting assists. Or, or, or that kind of a thing yeah. in, in the games that I play. So I think I'm more of a blend-in kind of guy. Gotcha. What about you, Caleb? Uh, I also think I like to blend in. I like to really, I like to really highlight the strengths of the people on my team. Mm. Um, really be there for them. I played soccer growing up, and I always wanted to play uh, striker, which is center defense. Okay. It's a very important position. But no one counts how many times you save the striker the saves the ball. They count how many times the forward makes a goal. Yeah. And so, but it's a very important and supporting role. I like it. I like to blend in. Mm -hmm. I also have been playing the game Among Us recently. Great game. And I'm always trying to blend in. Oh, Whether yeah. I'm just a normal crewmate or an imposter, the goal is 
don't draw attention, blend in, otherwise people are just going to comment, sus, and I'm going to be voted out. Yeah. I, I like playing Among Us as an imposter of two imposters, because yeah. then you kind of support each other, and yeah. I like that aspect of it game too in league of legends there's a whole role dedicated to supporting Mm. and you don't get the kills as much as you do or you don't get like all the gold so you're not raking racking up all these points but you have so much ability to help out your teammates and really like you said showcase the strengths of your team which is i think the coolest thing about being in a support role yeah it is really cool now, for those of you who didn't know and are just listening, uh, Evan and I are nerds. Uh, yeah. I think that has already come across pretty pretty well. But I think there's a difference between trying to blend in and trying to hide. Mm. Have you ever like felt pressure to hide or maybe even change who you are? Because I know I have. I, I definitely have. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I think sometimes you can... A lot of people get this feeling that maybe because there's something a little bit different about them, that Mm -hmm. they are pushed down by other people, or maybe by themselves, they don't think that they fit in. And that could be, you know, anything from being a nerd to maybe being a little too artistic to being a little too smart in one area. And it forces other people to think, maybe maybe I should pull back uh, on myself and not let other people see this. Yeah. And I know I've had times when I've felt that I am not good enough. Mm. So I try and hide because I don't want that attention drawn to me. And there have been days when I don't like who I am. Oh, so yeah. I also just try and try and hide. And I think that's a thing with most of our students is they're in the stage of life where they don't know exactly who they are. They're still trying to figure it out. And a lot of times that's a scary place to be in. So it's easier to hide. Yeah. Now, I think it's interesting. I have a little calendar that gives me inspirational words of the day. Such great words from this little calendar. Yeah, it really is. And today's is really interesting. It says, I am not weird. I am limited edition. Which I think goes really well with the idea of who God created us to be. Nice. Yeah, I like that. God didn't create us weird, though we might look weird to the world. He created us limited edition. Like, we are unique. We are individualized, but we are created by God. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important that we talk about who God is. Because you and I, and everyone, are made in the image of God. We're made in the image of our creator. And so for us to understand who we are, we have to understand who our creator is. And throughout this series, we're going to look at the true stories from the Bible that explain who God is and who we are. But we're also going to take a little bit and look at some not-so-true stories, but things that I think everyone can relate to. Oh, yeah. it's a, There's something powerful about story, especially when it's talking about identity, because there are so many stories about different characters trying to really discover who they are and where they fit in the grand scheme of the story. I don't know about you, but I think about Toy Story. Yeah. Right? And so, because in Toy Story, you you have this massive identity crisis in the character of Buzz Lightyear. He thinks he's a spaceman. Yeah. And, I mean, he looks the part, but his spaceship is cardboard. He's made out of plastic. And you find out later he runs on batteries. Right. So, he really goes through a whole thing, that whole movie, about really discovering who he was. Yeah. And, you know, Woody also goes through a whole identity crisis as well. But Woody's is more internal. Woody knows he's a toy. 
He knows he's a, like a fake cowboy. He knows he's made of plastic. But Woody has placed his identity in knowing that he is Andy's favorite. Yeah. And then Buzz Lightyear comes in in his spaceship. And Andy changes the posters on his wall. They're no longer of Woody and the Cowboy gang. They're of Buzz Lightyear and his spaceship. Yeah. He starts playing with Buzz Lightyear, starts making Woody the villain in their make-believe games instead yeah. of the hero. And Woody went through this very big situation and change where he felt a lot of insecurity and mm-hmm. fear and self-doubt about who he was, but also a lot of jealousy. And it's crazy how the jealousy turned into something even worse. Right. Right? Because as, as time went on, it wasn't like those feelings went away. We could see Woody um, be filled with more jealousy, more hate, until finally he wanted to get rid of Buzz forever. And he yeah. he almost succeeds. Yeah. Which I have to tell you, in Toy Story 1, Sid is terrified. Sid is terrifying. And Woody makes this whole plan to get rid of Buzz... By sending him to Sid. By sending him to Sid. Which... As a little child, terrified me. Yeah. If you've never seen Toy Story, one... Toy Story? Toy Story. Ah, there. If you've never seen it, go watch it. I'm pretty sure it's on Disney+. Plus. Oh, I think it would have to be. It would have to be. But if you haven't, Sid is the kind of character who... He's a pyro. He blows toys up Uh with bombs. And you got to see the story. It's, it's, It's a great story. But yeah, Sid is... He's terrifying. Yeah, and the whole thing about Toy Story and that connection is is not real, obviously. Yeah, two toys who can talk. Right, but that whole jealousy and insecurity turning into hatred thing, I mean, that, that's a real-life situation. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and so much of that story is based on, you know, Woody has his identity crisis because he's put his entire identity on his status. And yeah. I think we can do that too. Yeah. You know, the the captain of the football team has a particular status and then the the nerds have their status and we can put so much of who we are in you know where we fit on the on the feeding chain. Right. And that's not that's not what God has called us to be. That's not how he created us. Right. And when I was watching Toy Story and thinking about Toy Story as an adult I really started to focus, and this scene with Woody and Buzz made me think of a time when I was really jealous of my friend Dustin when I was growing up. Okay. Dustin and I were on the same soccer team. I was the striker. Yeah. Dustin was a forward. Dustin was the one scoring the goals. Dustin was also just better than I was at his handling, his foot skills, all of those things. And I was jealous, but I was more jealous because Dustin's dad was our soccer coach. Mm. So Dustin got what I thought was special treatment. He also got practice to practice more because his dad was the coach. He had all of these different things that made me jealous. And I was insecure about my skills. Yeah. To the point where I remember there was a time when I stopped talking to Dustin, even though we were great friends. Yeah. Just because I was jealous... And that was turning into something more. And I did not like it. I did not like feeling that way. I don't like thinking about it now. Mm. Like the way that I felt. But I did feel that way. It's funny how jealousy is one of those things that really 
at no point does it make you feel good. Yeah, that's true. Like, there are some some bad feelings that, like, can feel good in the moment, and then you don't recognize till later how, how distraught they can be. But jealousy never feels good. It's always like, I wish I was that person. Mm-hmm. I want to be better than that person. So at no point is that a good feeling, but it can cause you to do things like, not talking to one of your best friends. Yeah. Right? And it's it's tough. I felt that way about my brother for a while. Yeah. Uh, just because he seemed so I'm pretty I'm pretty relaxed pretty much, yeah. And he would always get up on time ready for school. And I would always be late to school. And or he would um you know, he would always be on time and he'd get the 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 first piece of birthday cake kind of thing. And I would always show up late enough to miss out on the cake and all. You so showed up late was, to birthday parties? I mean, you know, it, it would happen. It, it would happen. Um, but then there were other things just because of his personality and my personality. He often, it seemed to me, he often got special treatment or mm. he got, um, you know, he was the first one in my family to buy a car and he wasn't the oldest. And so right. there are some of these little these little things that in the grand scheme of things don't matter. But in the moment... I was jealous. I felt bad. I thought he was getting, you know, favorited over me. And it's a it's a terrible feeling to be yeah. jealous. Especially of your little brother. Yeah. Like I have a little brother and I like anytime I've been jealous of him, it's like he's the he's the little one. This should be me. I yeah. should have this. Which is also the feeling that Cain and Abel went through. Mm. Cain, firstborn of Adam and Eve, then Abel came afterwards, and both of them were unique. Mm-hmm. They were limited addition. They did different things, had different jobs. Cain grew up and cultivated the ground. He was a farmer. Mm-hmm. Abel became a shepherd. He took care of the animals, the flocks. And they both came and presented an offering to God. Good thing to do good thing to do we want to give our best to Mm -hmm. god and it always it there there's this section of genesis chapter four when i read it and i'm confused a little bit and i just want to read it to you and read it it to everyone genesis chapter four verses starting verse three when it was time for the harvest cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the lord Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? the Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right, but if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. One day, Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I've been jealous of my brother. Yeah. But never once have I thought, I'm going to take him into a field and murder him. Yeah, I, I can't say I've ever had that thought about my bro. And this portion of scripture it i it always confuses me a little bit because we don't know why god wasn't happy with cain's offering mm. like it doesn't give us that information 
And I've just kind of had to guess about it. And I've had to come to the conclusion that maybe it's because Cain had an attitude problem. It's funny that I, I don't think we see that until after. Right. And so we can kind of get into the feeling of, well, he wouldn't have had an attitude problem if God had just accepted his offering. But we forget that oftentimes how we respond to things really reveal an inner problem. Right. And so I think we can make that kind of assessment. Yeah, Caleb... Caleb, dear Caleb, Cain probably had a little bit of an internal attitude issue. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that the Bible describes it as saying Abel brought a gift, the best portions. Mm -hmm. Doesn't give that characteristic to Cain's. So Cain might not have gone into it with the attitude of, I want to give my best to God. Mm. Abel did, the Bible says. And Cain was so angry with God and so jealous of his brother and so afraid of not being seen as important or worthy that he killed his own brother. That's intense. It's intense. uh, But I think, you know, even though we may not have felt that intense, you know, hatred, Mm -hmm. there is still that, that, that level where, I mean, Jesus said that if you've hated your brother, that's the same thing as committing murder. So we can't forget that even though these are Old Testament stories, right. that when we read the Bible as a whole, it starts with our heart. And mm-hmm. it starts with, you know, sin is crouching at the door of our heart, ready to um, grab a foothold in. So even feeling those those feelings of jealousy or hatred really aren't good doors to open. Oh, no, definitely not. In the Bible gives us lots of stories of people reacting through jealousy in negative or violent ways. Mm-hmm. We talk about Cain and Abel, but then a little bit later in Genesis, we also have another story of brothers being jealous of each other, disliking each other, and trying to kill their brother. Yeah. Right? In Genesis 37, we have the story of Joseph and his brothers. Great story. Great story. And a few podcast episodes ago, Evan was able to name all of the brothers, which was impressive. And, like, we all know that parents aren't supposed to have favorite kids. Mm -hmm. At least we've been told that. You and I are not parents, but we've been told parents don't have favorites. we've been told that. Do you think your parents have a favorite? Um... I don't think they do anymore. Oh, okay. But when you were younger? I think I think they, they did for a period of time in my in my late teens, early twenties. But was it you? No. <laughs> no. But I think what that may be a little bit of, of me because I think what happens is when you start thinking that your parents have favorites, it's usually because there's something special that you notice in one of your siblings. Oh yeah. And for at that particular time, my youngest sibling was really showing himself to be a limited edition. He he finished high school with high honors. He finished a four-year degree in three years, and now he's working on his master's degree. Mm. So he really excelled above and beyond what me and my middle brother really did. My youngest just kind of rose up. And I, I don't think it was favoritism, but he really earned the praise that he got looking back on it you looking don't think back it's on it yeah. yeah um so it's it's one of those things where i think 
I think it's it's hard to, especially when you're in that moment, to really not think of it as favoritism. But it took me a while to realize that there are special things that God has put into my life. And there are special yeah. things that God has put into my middle brother's life that really make us unique. And it's our differences, along with our similarities, that really create all of us to be individual people. And we've been able to kind of grow from that and build each other up. But I tell you, man... If we were back in Genesis' day, my little brother could have ended up in a pit just like Joseph. It didn't happen, but it could have. Just say it. Wow. Sorry, Jordan, if you ever listen to this. Wow. Let's let's read about what happened to Joseph and, and kind of get, get a little bit of context going yeah, on. Because yeah. Joseph didn't die. No, he didn't. Crazy things happened with Joseph. Yeah. Go go ahead and start reading, Evan. I'm still trying to wrap my brain around the fact that you might have uh, murdered your brother. Uh, not murdered. Sold him into slavery. So, ah, Genesis 37. Much, much better. Genesis 37, verse 5 says, Then Joseph had a dream. When he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. Now, that's why it never happened, because I never hated my little brother. Okay. But I digress. <laughs> he said to them, Listen to this dream I had. There he were, binding sheaves of grain in the field. Suddenly, my sheaf stood up, and your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. Now, first of all, Caleb, if sheaf, sheaf, sheaves? I was close. I don't, I don't know. Like you, you just said it so many times. I don't, I don't either. But if, if my little brother, if your little brother came to you and said, "Hey, I have this dream that someday I'm going to stand tall and you're going to bow to me," yeah, I would I wouldn't have been happy. Uh, yeah. So Joseph isn't exactly setting himself up for success here. But his brother's response wasn't all that good either. Uh, let's look at verse 18. So chapter 37 of Genesis, verse 18, says, They saw him in the distance, and before he had reached them, they plotted to kill him. They said to one another, Oh, look, here comes the dream expert. So now, come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of the pits. We can say that a vicious animal ate him, and then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. When Reuben heard this, he tried to save him from them. He said, let's not take his life. Reuben also said to them, don't shed blood. Throw him into this pit in the wilderness. Don't lay a hand on him, intending to rescue him from them and return him to his brother. Some more stuff happens. Time passes. They sit down to a meal. And then Judah says to his brothers, what do we, what do we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come on, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay a hand on him, for he is our brother, our own flesh, and his brothers agreed. When Midianite traders passed by, his brothers pulled Joseph out of the pit, sold him for 20 pieces of silver to the Ishmaelites, who took Joseph to Egypt. And stuff gets gets even wilder as Joseph's story go through, but just that his brothers, they kind of argued over whether or not to kill him or sell him, and it went back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, this story is always interesting to me. I always think to myself, way to go, Reuben. You weren't going to kill your brother. You talked them out of killing your brother. But then I'm also like, is is that the best you could do? <laughs> he goes, don't kill him. Just throw him in the pit. Throw him into the pit. It'll be fine. Like, it's, it's like, okay, yes, Reuben, your heart was in the right place. I, I don't know if it was, though. I, oh. I still think Reuben was jealous. Oh, but he, he had in his right mind, we shouldn't kill him. Right. I don't like him. I don't think Reuben liked Joseph still. That could be, yeah. But he did understand that Joseph was his brother. Yeah. 
So for that, I give him props. Right. But still. Way to go, Ruben. Way to go. Thousands of years ago, you did something somewhat decently right. Ruben, if you're in heaven listening to this, uh, way to go, brother. <laughs> but just like Woody and Kane and all of Joseph's brothers, these men allowed their fears and insecurities to turn into jealousy, mm. which then turned into anger and hatred. And like Woody and like Kane, Joseph's brothers came up with a plan to get rid of the person who made them feel insecure and insignificant. And the only reason Joseph didn't end up like Abel is because Reuben wanted to spare his life. Yeah. And instead he was sold into slavery. And then the remaining brothers all told their father that Joseph died and was killed by a wild animal. They, they not only told him, they brought the coat that his dad specifically made for Joseph and covered it in goat's blood. Yeah. Like, they really thought about everything here. Yeah, they did. And we might think that jealousy is pretty harmless, and it's something we all experience from time to time. But these stories show us how destructive jealousy can actually be. I think it's important to note that it it isn't just it isn't just destructive for the person who's being jealous towards, you know, like right. it, it wasn't just destructive for Abel, although it was quite destructive for Abel, but it also revealed a destructive inside of Cain. It tore Cain apart so much that he killed his brother. So yeah. it, it really is destructive on all ends, both externally for the people around you and internally for your own well-being and and identity. Yeah. But this in jealousy still happens today and mm-hmm. this these stories were both from the Old Testament, but it also happened in the New Testament as well. And Paul in the letter to the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians he writes to them because they are struggling to work through their jealousy and work together. And he tells them these ideas and these things that how they can overcome jealousy. Mm. And it's kind of like he's telling them all that they are limited edition. You don't need to be jealous of each other. You have your own gifts, kind of like you were saying earlier. But he says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 4. He says, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts, He alone decides which gift each person should have. And there's a lot in those verses. Remember, he was writing to them because they were jealous. Mm -hmm. And their jealousy was getting so bad that he heard about it from far away. So he wrote to them about it. But I think this passage, while it's written to dissuade the jealousy, reveals a lot about who God is to us. Mm -hmm. and to the people in Corinth at the time. For starters, 
verse 4 of that when it was saying that there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. It's kind of saying that God is generous. He has lots of different things and he will give them to different people. But God is also trustworthy. It talks about in verses 5 and 6 that God does the work in all of us. Mm. Like he does it in all of us. He, we can trust him that he is working and going to give us a gift that we can use. Also shows us that he's caring because he gives to each of us so that we can help each other mm-hmm. is how it phrases that. He's also just and fair. It says it is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts and he alone decides which gift each person should have. So God is generous, he is trustworthy, he is caring, he is just, and he is fair. And altogether, if I had to sum all those up, I would say that it's telling us that God is good. And so when we're trying to figure out our identities, even through jealousy and anger and fear and hatred and insecurity, it's important to understand that God is good. Mm -hmm. And that really sets the foundation for everything that Paul said here is because it wasn't about the gifts. He he kind of listed right. it off and he said, you know, these are, you know, some ha- can do this, some can do that, some can do this other thing. But around all of it and repeatedly, he says the same spirit. Yeah, and he doesn't place any of those gifts as being more important than another. Mm-hmm. They're just gifts that are given out. And like you said, in love by God, who is trustworthy and generous with his gifts, who hands them out to people as he sees appropriate, right? right? And and that's the thing is God wants to bless us with gifts and make us unique individuals with unique gifts for the good of everybody. My, right. my, my Bible says in that verse 7, um, for the common good yeah. is what my Bible says. But at the same time, we all get our gifts from the same spirit, mm-hmm. from the same God, and we understand that God is good. So our identity is both... In our uniqueness, but it's also in where our gifts come from. Right. We all come from that spirit. That comes from our creator. Yeah. And the gifts that we have allow us to be limited edition. They make us unique. They make us important in ways that others are not, which I think is really cool. Yeah. I think it also speaks to some other things, right? One, God is with you. Yeah, if yeah. he's giving you gifts, he's going to be with you yep. to, to help you learn how to use those gifts and to walk with you and mm-hmm. do those things. It's also, you have a purpose, right? God doesn't just give him, gives him his gifts for no reason. Right. He's got a purpose and a plan for your life, mm-hmm. and it's the best plan for your life. Also, your gifts are unique to you, right? I, I mean, two people who have the same gift of organization is still going to be unique and different and right. slightly different vibes unique to that person. Mm-hmm. So it's important to remember that God gives gifts uniquely. You really are a limited addition. Also, God doesn't make mistakes. Right. I mean, that one should be self-explanatory, but I think sometimes we can, because of lies that other people have told us or because of lies that we've told ourselves, we really think that we are mistakes, but God doesn't make mistakes. Right. He gives his gifts. He gives purposes to our lives. And he has created us for a specific reason, specific purpose, and to love us. Right. Be a part of us. And the last thing 
that I think this kind of shows is that our identity isn't just about us, right? It's about the community that we find with others and it's in Jesus, right? right? Because even though we're unique, our gifts are given for the common good, mm-hmm. for the good of the people around us, as well as coming from the same spirit in Jesus. So our identity isn't just wrapped up in ourselves. It's really wrapped up in ourselves, our community, and in our creator, like you said. Oh, yeah, definitely. In all of those things, it's great for us to be able to look at them and make these conclusions and kind of draw these characteristics about who God is and who we are from them. But I think Paul was also trying to tell them, your jealousy isn't just destructive, it's illogical. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. You were created by God, and God is good. He is generous, trustworthy, caring, just, and fair. And you are known and carefully designed by your creator who is always with you. And because of that, you have a unique purpose that only you can fulfill. And a whole community of people to surround and support you. Going back to our squads. Mm -hmm. Everything goes back to that. I love the connections. Yeah. And if you've ever struggled with jealousy or you've ever felt insecure or unimportant, I want you to remember this is that we can have confidence in who we are because of who our creator is. Because of who God is, we can trust how God has made us. And and I'm preaching to the choir because I also still struggle with jealousy and insecurity and feelings that I'm unimportant. So I have to remember this for myself as well. It, it really is a daily thing that we have to do. And I think that's important in, in everything that we've taught. It's always about, you know, stretching our faith daily. Yeah. Or being reminded of our squads daily. This is another thing where we're reminded of, one, who God is, and two, that we can trust how God has made us. Every day we're reminding ourselves, God is good. He created me. He's given me gifts and a purpose. Therefore, I can trust God in who I am. Yeah as an image of him. Mm-hmm. So good stuff. Yeah. So important. Yeah, it is. And I like how you were saying how everything seems to be building on each other. We had the squad, the importance of friendships in our groups. Then we were stretching our spiritual abilities, the things that we can do to draw closer to God. And now we're talking about how we can be real, how what our identity is. And that is important and helps that we have a squad behind us and helps that we're willing and able to stretch and grow in our faith. Mm -hmm. All of those things are really important. And I think it's also really important that we take the time when we communicate with God to be real about how we're feeling. Like when we're talking to God, no one is going to see or hear a conversation besides us and God. And God knows everything anyway. Like, Going back to the story of Cain and Abel, God asked Cain, why do you look so dejected? God knew why Cain felt dejected and why he looked dejected. But God wanted Cain to be honest and real with him. Yeah. And God wants the same for us. There are times when even when we're talking to God who knows us and knows everything, we still try and hide things. Mm -hmm. Which, again, like Paul said, is illogical. But we do it. I do it all the time. Oh, yeah. And I think it's important to remember that, you know, Cain, when God asked him, we don't hear a response from Cain. Mm-hmm. 
And I think it's interesting that instead of turning to God, Cain really turned away, away. from God. Yeah. So it really was an issue with, you know, I don't know if it was an identity issue with Cain, but he turned away from God. That's the biggest thing I'm seeing kind of in that story. God asks us to be real. And even though he knows what's going on, he wants us to talk to him and communicate with him. And because that's what it is. It's a relationship. Yeah. And relationship requires communication and talking and, and learning about each other. Because even though God knows everything about us, he wants us to learn everything we can about him and to yeah. share life with him. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, when we spend time talking to God, we figure out who he is. We figure out who we are. We'll also begin to see more of the ways that we've been uniquely designed by mm -hmm. God. It will figure out the ways that we are a limited addition. And as you discover more about who God is, I think you'll also come to love God more, even more than you do right now. Because when we think about who God is, we can trust how God has made us yeah. if we know him, which I think is so important. So important. So important. And, and there, there are some things that we can do to kind of remind us of that yeah. too. I think... We, one, we have to remember to squat up yep. and be around those kinds of people and not just be real with God, but be real with our friends. Yeah. Right. And not try to hide things from people. And, you know, there there's different trust levels in terms of communicating things. You might not tell some people one thing, but you can tell others, you know, right. we learn what that looks like. But so that's one thing. Be real. I, I think looking for the good, not just in others, but look, look for the good in yourself. Yeah. Find there's nothing prideful about discovering the gifts that God has put inside of you. Right. Um, and so look for those things inside of you. Find out what God has made you good at. And you give credit to God, but you recognize that these are areas where I am good. I excel. Yeah. Um, and then dream big. Yeah. Right? God, God made you for a purpose that is bigger than anything you could ever think or imagine. Yeah. Right. Don't, don't get stuck dreaming small just because you think you're small. You believe in a God who's big, who's given you gifts and abilities and purposes that are much larger than what you could ever think of. So dream big. Mm -hmm. Go out there. Follow where God is leading. And you might end up doing something something crazy. Yeah. In a good way. True story, bro. See what you did there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All of those are great things. And I think we're going to be able to get so much deeper as we continue through true story throughout the month of october and i'm excited to see where it's going to go me too it's gonna be good yep okay i think that about wraps it up for the fire pit this week i think it does also side note had a fire pit with some friends fire pit we sat around a fire roasted some marshmallows made some s'mores fun did you know that they now make marshmallows with chocolate inside of them. Interesting. So you roast the marshmallow, and then the chocolate gets gooey on the inside as you're doing it. And you just put it on the cracker. I'm not opposed to that idea, but it, it kind of takes the fun out of trying to balance the stick on your hand and the tooth and the chocolate and the squeezing it and the pulling and all. You know, that's half the s'mores is getting it all over yourself. So, yeah. Caleb, I have a question for oh, you. Oh, no. When you make a s'mores, mm. how do you like your marshmallows? Here, okay, here's the... Mm. Here's the thing. 
I'm not a big marshmallow fan in the first place. Okay. I mean, I'm not either. So, I, But I if I have a s'more, I want it to be lightly golden brown. I don't understand the people that just, like, let it Set burn. It on fire. And then it's, like, a blackened crisp. No! Interesting. So, I like it lightly golden brown. But honestly, the best part of a s'more is instead of using a Hershey's bar, you make it with a Reese's peanut mm, butter cup. I've seen that. That's where it's at. I make I, I am I'm a master at the s'mores. That's a bold claim. It is a bold claim, but I tell you, every single time I make a s'mores, it becomes a very beautiful dark golden brown. Nice. It's not burnt. It is a dark golden brown. I was at a wedding a couple weeks ago. They had a little. They had a couple of different fire pits, so they were doing outdoor s'mores. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I made my entire family s'mores, and every single marshmallow was a perfect golden brown. It was it was amazing. Man, what a unique gift God has given you. Indeed, and I can only use it in those situations. But I like to do Andy's mints oh. on my s'mores. I do like Andy's mints. It's, you know, some people do, some people don't. Reese's is good, too, and dark chocolate. Is my personal favorite. Oh. So, is what it Ooh. is. Yeah, we, we differ there a little bit. Well, we have different gifts. So. That's true. <laughs> Caleb, why don't you send us home? Send us home? Yeah, send us home. Close it out. Can we can we leave work now? Is that is yeah, that we're what going, we can do? we're going home. Going right home? Taking what time nap? is it? 12? Almost time. Time to go home. <laughs> there we go. Okay. We have, a, hopefully you all enjoyed listening to the fire pit today. We've enjoyed recording it. And we will see you next week as we continue talking about our identity in Christ and who God is at the same time. See you later. Bye.